Cairo. Feast. Take a bite out of Dr. Jeff's wisdom so you can pay it forward. Come and get it. Cairo Feast is online once again, and we are ready to serve. And uh, today, I've got a topic that you might roll your eyes about, but unfortunately, you need to know this information. We are going to talk about performance reviews, or as some people call it, annual reviews, but I don't for a very good reason, and you're going to find that out on today's episode. So we're going to just jump right in. Um, This is some meaty stuff, and uh, you might even call it boring, but we're going to try to make it a little bit unboring and a little bit more interesting for you, as well as uh, give you some tips on how to implement uh, this information <clears throat> and make it go to work for you. So this is all about being better. This is all about uh, making this year a better year for you, your staff, your uh, employees, team teammates, etc. Um, and so here we go. Um, I am going to be talking about 13 performance review tips that will actually improve performance. I mean, that is the whole point, is it not? Uh, we want to improve the performance of our teammates, our team members. And so if you want that, you need to do things a certain way. So we're going to talk about that. And I'm going to break this this, uh, group of 13 performance review tips into two pieces. So it's digestible, a little bit simpler. Uh, We're going to talk about, I think, the the first seven today. And then we'll hit uh, the next six um, in a separate podcast episode. So here we go. Number one is knowing the elements of an effective performance review. Know what the pieces are um, of that review. And so I guess, you know, uh, for starters, what is a performance review? Well, it's a two-way, okay, emphasis on two-way individualized conversation between a manager and an employee about performance impact, development, and growth. It's a critical component of an organization's overall performance management strategy. Traditionally, performance reviews have occurred once per year, and that's what I was alluding to just a little bit earlier here. And they've also focused on evaluation past performance. Well, guess what, everybody? That's not really the case anymore. Annual reviews are a thing of the past. And so you can, you know, uh, wipe your brow and say, thank goodness, annual reviews are in the past. But what that means is more frequent reviews are in today's modern future. Okay, now, annual reviews, one of the reasons I always hated annual reviews is that it came with it the stigma of, oh, this is where I get my bonus, or this is where I get my automatic raise, or my, um, you know, increase in, you know, yearly, you know, uh, salary, etc. All, all those kind of things just come expected in the past. And I've always wanted to get away from that because there should never be an expectation expected uh, increase in one's salary. People should 
expect that they can achieve more, be more, realize more, get paid more based upon their performance and their reviews. And it's not just something that automatically happens. And way too many companies have this automatic um, increase that they just get stuck into. And, uh, and that's not the case. So, but it, <clears throat> as well as this annual or once per year type uh, meeting, it's, it's the focus on past performance that's been the case. And, and that's not really where you want to go. You want to give a nod to past performance but you do not want to spend the whole time talking about past performance when, when it should be focused on future, okay? So the focus should be on driving and improving future performance. So let me just kind of throw at you, um, you know, some traditional performance review, um, you know, uh, qualities, and then what the new modern performance review qualities are. So number one on traditional, uh, in the past it was held annually. More modern and today is it's held quarterly or even monthly. You could do quarterly reviews and uh, that are a little bit beefier and then monthly ones that literally are like check-in or what a lot of people call is pulse reviews. It's just kind of taking the pulse of how somebody's doing. And there's good reasons to do that because you can make alterations to what they're doing. Think about it. If the only time you sit down with somebody is annually, that's the only time that they're finding out that they're doing something wrong or that they should make changes. So if you're going to wait a whole year before you give somebody some feedback, you're going to go a whole year when they could have been more effective if you would have been giving them a little pulse review on a more frequent basis. Okay. (coughs) Now, um, in the past... Uh, these reviews have been one-way conversations. You sit down and you just vomit all over somebody by giving them feedback on, you know, this is what you could have done better, blah, blah, blah. It's just one-way blathering, okay? What it needs to be now and and the way it works best, especially with um, young people these days, is to have a two-way conversation. Now, uh, for you old-school people, that's a good thing, okay? Why is it a good thing? Because it takes a little bit of the onus off of you, where you're not having to do all the talking, you can actually sit back and listen. And if they want to prove themselves um, that they deserve uh, advancement or deserve to have more opportunities, then they better participate. They better be a leader. They better lead some of the conversation, okay? All right. Um, traditional from the past is, is reviewing past performance, uh, looking toward the future and what we're, what we're doing now. It's uh, coaching people to impact development and growth. Okay, future, everything future, future, future. Uh, in the past, it was uh, kind of a closed door policy and little to no transparency. Currently, right now, people want an open-door policy. They want to be able to communicate. They want you to be transparent. They want you to be authentic human beings. It's okay to be a human and to be collaborative and to work together. Okay, That's where we're headed today. In the past, uh, these reviews are based on subjective manager opinion. I don't... I don't like how you talk to people or, you know, I mean, it's, it's this opinion of how people are or what they're, um, how they're doing. 
today it really needs to be based on data, rich and real-time employee data. Are you keeping track of stuff? And what do you have to show someone how they're doing? In the past, um, oftentimes these these uh, reviews would result in very minimal follow-up. Whereas today, what we really want these reviews to do is conclude with a next step. You know, what are the next steps to someone improving in what they're doing? And then what's the plan for follow-up? How are we going to check back on whether or not these things are happening? All right. Um, Number two is to understand why the performance review is important. Performance conversations are perfect opportunities to either make or break trust. Okay. And I think those of us that really want employees to stay, to stick, we want to build trust. And so this is a great opportunity to build trust, but you also have to remember that this is also your opportunity to really screw up and break trust. So don't blow it. It's an opportunity to build trust. It's an open, honest, and regular dialogue that allows you to build trust among employees, managers, and the organization at large. Employees want to know, and to be honest, they deserve to know exactly where they stand within the company and exactly where they stand in terms of their own personal performance. Now, ongoing performance conversations can boost employee success. Here's a few ways that it can boost their their success. It helps employees identify their needs, their desires, and their challenges. It also clues managers in on obstacles and decisions before they impact performance. Okay, so you're really advising these managers um, on roadblocks before it happens. And it also opens up opportunities to discuss feedback, to celebrate recognition, and to reinforce alignment with the company and what the company's mission really is. Okay? Now, the next few things here are, are all about preparing for the review, preparing for the performance review. Uh, and so we're on to number three now. Uh, number three tip is to sync performance criteria, employee goals, and progress. So managers and employees should have a clear understanding of what constitutes good or poor performance, and this starts with organizations clearly communicating performance criteria. How do you want them to act? How do you want them to perform? What are your expectations? It's really hard for people to meet your expectations if your expectations are not clear to begin with. So if you want good communication and good you know, follow-up and good performance, well, then you better be good yourself at communicating exactly what you expect. The worst possible manager is one that just does not communicate what they expect and expect everybody underneath them to, to read, read their minds. You can't expect people to do that. So be a good communicator, and that will allow them then to perform at the level that you really want them to. Okay, so effective performance criteria should help managers and employees do the following. Measure impact, what kind of impact they're having. Um, It's also going to help you um, and your employee define success so that they know when they're being successful. It's going to help you guys prove that performance plans are working. So things that you are putting into, um, into effect are actually 
you know, doing what they're supposed to do, and also help you guys determine where to go next. Now, performance criteria can be difficult to address and to digest, so managers should act as interpreters of that data by adding qualitative context to performance. Okay, Approach reviews with a coaching mindset, you guys. You are not a judge of their performance. You are a coach of their performance. So have a coaching mindset, highlight and distilling the information down to make it easier for the employees to consume this, okay? Um, managers can also provide emotional support by not letting employees dwell on the negative stuff. And there's some employees that will just get so fixated on the one negative thing that that they do and, and forget about the 45 other things that they're doing so well, and, you know, therefore blinding themselves to opportunities to course correct. They get so fixated. So get them off of the negative. It's okay to, to acknowledge the negative, but don't get them uh, focused on it. Okay. Each performance conversation is an opportunity to build the trust by helping employees understand where they are. Allow them to share. Okay. That means you guys, you gals, shut up. And allow your employees and, and, and uh, workers to share with you and provide guidance on where they need to go. All right, so uh, here again, we're preparing for the review. And number four here is to make time and space perfor- for performance reviews. So the elements to consider regarding time and space for these reviews, location. Um, is, is the review going to take place inside or outside? Is it going to be... Uh, behind closed doors or open door. It's going to be off-site. Um, it could be at a winery or a brewery or something like that. Or is it going to be in the office? Are there going to be other people in the meeting? Uh, do you need an additional manager to be there? Um, and a lot of times that is advisable because you want there to be a third party to hear the same things. And so if there's ever you know, a misunderstanding about what has been communicated, now you've got two people that are hearing it other than just the employee, okay? Um, Other things to consider. How much time do you want this to take? Is it 30 minutes? Is it 60? Um, You're going to hold this outside or uh, within your work hours. So do you want it during work time or outside of work time? And then if you've got an agenda, which you need to have, um, how much time are you going to allot per agenda item so that this doesn't become a two-hour long ordeal? Um, other things to consider noise you want to be in a quiet spot Um, do you really have to have things focused or um, can this happen at a bustling coffee shop or or you know at a at a restaurant somewhere are there distractions around you and is that okay or not Uh, there are times when it's actually okay and times when it's not Um, another thing to consider is is visual and comfort level are you guys going to be in recliners like kicking back sitting in couches or are you going to be on office chairs uh, are you going to have tables in front of you so you can take notes and and that kind of thing or um you know are you going to do this over lunch where you're eating or uh, drinking beverages or whatever and and think about this what what about the um possibility that you could have an entire performance day now this is an idea that that, that was implemented uh, by uh, the watch company fossil um, they started incorporating a performance day where there was no work, 
being done, no normal work done by anybody, and they had an entire day focused on um, looking at performance. And, uh, and so that's, that's an option that the, the team could have that uh, uh, implemented. Okay, so number five here is to gather employee data and examples. Remember, we're, we're talking about how to prepare for the review. Uh, and number five, and this might be the toughest one because uh, you have to have some resources for this, and that is to gather employee data and examples. Um, making, again, making a review subjective is not a good idea. You know, just based on what you think, uh, not a good idea. It's not opinion-based data. Okay. Objective data helps you guide the discussion. Now you can get objective data in all different ways. Uh, you can have notes from one-on-one -on -one meetings with other team members and bring that kind of data to the meeting. You can have specific exa examples written down uh, of recognition on them doing po uh, positive things or examples of things that were not up to par as well. Uh, you can have data from previous performance conversations, uh, maybe even some data from your hiring documents. You can get data from your payroll or HR department um, regarding the number of days uh, that they've missed in work. Okay, so how many days off they've taken, how many times they've called in sick. Um, I've had, had this occur as well, uh, where people are calling in sick or they come to work and they go homesick uh, too frequently. You should be keeping track of that as well. Examples of excellent or shoddy work. Uh, maybe you've got um, uh, some resources that track strengths and, and work style. Um, so like little tests that you can do that uh, talk about that. And other input uh, from other managers or colleagues. That's something you could bring to the table as well. Number six here. Again, we're preparing uh, for the... Um, uh, for the review, prepare your notes and prepare an agenda. All right, so uh, no one enjoys walking into a meeting blindly. Uh, you don't want to guess as to what's going to happen. In order to give employees the best opportunity to have a meaningful conversation about performance, both parties should work together to prepare a shared agenda and notes with key talking points. Okay, it's not just on you to prepare for this. Get some feedback from, uh, from the employee. Uh, you know, ask them, what do you want to discuss? What things do you, you know, give me five things that you want to talk about during uh, this meeting so that they are part of the agenda. This relieves some of the anxiety that they might have around the conversation and gives the employees a chance to contribute their thoughts and prepare for the meeting. It also allows employees to adjust the agenda to fit their needs. And, you know, I, I truly believe that when employees are encouraged to bring topics that they want to discuss, you can focus on actively listening rather than just lecturing, you know, and this is, I think this is really important that you just not blab and blather on, okay? Um, it's stuff that you can be listening to your employee speak about, okay? And also on your agenda, of course, should be the time and location of, of the meeting. All right, number seven, last one that we'll discuss on this podcast episode is aligning the expectations for your employees, okay? So you, you want to start by aligning on these expectations for the meeting itself, okay? So for the meeting itself, these expectations, first, first and foremost, employees should know their role in preparing for the meeting. 
They should review the agenda, add topics that they'd like to cover and know where and when the meeting is going to take place. Secondly, the employee should know what to bring to the meeting and what information might be referenced or pulled into the discussion from the manager's side so you're not blindsiding them. And then finally, employees should have a clear idea of what their responsibilities will be after the meeting and how their manager plans to help them succeed. Don't overlook that one. They need to know how you are actually going to help them succeed. We want them to succeed, right? We want every one of our employees to succeed in their job because when they succeed, the company succeeds. So they want to know how you're willing to help them do that. And so be honest with them and verbalize that. Above all, both parties should have a shared understanding of what good performance looks like. Again, back to you, you know, what the expectations are. What good performance looks like. Painting that picture of what you expect is so important because they cannot read your mind. They need to be able to perform and do as you expect, but they can't do it if you're not making it clear. Okay? Now, that's uh, in the next episode we're going to we're going to talk about conducting how do you actually conduct the performance review uh, and what are the different pieces of that in the actual review but this gets us and this is the hard part so the stuff that we've discussed today really is the hard work then the actual review becomes pretty easy but there's certain things a b c and d you know that that you need to do in order to con- conduct it well um, but the hard part is just getting it all ready and getting it designed and uh, so that you're able to do it. So, so this was the hard part. Again, um, if you're a chiropractor, you probably missed the course in chiropractic grad school on uh, performance reviews. Yeah, it's because it doesn't happen. Grad school doesn't, doesn't cover that. And you know what? Any other business person that's listening to this, I guarantee you, you probably were not given a class on how to perform these performance reviews either. It's just, it just not done. You know, uh, we're, not, we're kind of thrown to the wolves. Entrepreneurs are kind of thrown to the wolves to, to figure this out. Um, and, and that's a great reason to have a coach. Um, you know, whatever kind of business you're in, uh, there are coaches that can help you and guide you through these kinds of things. In chiropractic, I'm a chiropractic coach. I help chiropractors because we're not taught how to do these reviews. There's so much that we're not taught. We're taught how to be doctors. And then when we get into business, we learn that being a doctor is about 25% of the game. The other 75% is managing people and managing all the different aspects of the finances, the marketing, et cetera, et cetera, on and on, the design. I mean, there's a thousand other things and none of those things were taught. And this is a big one, you guys. This is a big one. So let's do it right. Um, if, you, if you know somebody that needs to be tipped off to this kind of information on how to do these reviews, um, share this with them. You know, that's what this is all about because I want you to stay hungry, my friends, and I want you to always, always pay it forward. Cairo Feast.